Welcome, my beautiful mamas. Oh, mamas, mamas, mamas. It's so good to be back. What a few crazy weeks I've had. If you've been following me on my Facebook page at Rally Medina or my private group for mamas at Daily Mom Joy, you may have heard I had a really fun incident with my chimney lately. Let me remind everyone, yes, I'm in Florida. No, we don't use the fireplace, but maybe like, I don't know, once a year. And when we finally did, let's just say public service announcement, get your chimney cleaned and serviced on a regular basis, folks. <laughs> ah, all right. Well, the great news is no one got hurt. My three-year-old Elijah was very excited to see a big fire truck at 1 a.m. It was way better than Santa Claus. So here I am back in the groove and ready to bring you your regular dose of daily mom joy with keeping it real mom talk, ladies. Today, I want to dive into habits, specifically self-control or lack thereof. So to give you a little background, my refuge, other than prayer, of course, is reading. When my world gets crazy, I love to read. It's my escape. It's a habit I've actually created since I was a child. I used to eat up Goosebumps books. I don't know if you guys remember those. They were amazing. As a kid, my dad actually is the one who instilled in me that reading was fun. So I grew up with that neuro association to books. Kids would bag their mom for candy at the grocery line, and I'd be begging my mom for the new Goosebumps books because they were strategically placed right by the checkout line in this rack. Poor mom. Love you, mom. So. Since my world has been a little hectic, I recently dove into a new book, a book that I've been meaning to read for a while. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. I'm about halfway through it, and I'll tell you, I'm really enjoying it so far because the author really provides a realistic lens on why the hell we do the things we don't want to do and then don't do the things that we want to do, right? We want to work out, but we don't. We don't want to eat junk food, but we do. So as a clinician, I'm fascinated by human behavior, right? And I tell you, it just doesn't cease to fascinate me. So I'm a lifetime student. Love it. I'm always looking for different lenses and a different perspective to things. So this weekend, I was reading uh, chapter seven. I think it was chapter seven on the secret of self-control. So that was like enticing. That was pretty cool. I'm like, hmm, what's this about? The author's summary is basically this. Self-control is a short-term strategy. Huh. Meaning, long-term, it's actually not effective at all. I'll explain. So we're pretty convinced as a society that if we just had the right amount of self-control, then we can su succeed at resisting the bad habits we're trying to break or the good habits we're trying to instill. So this looks like in real life. If I want to create a habit of eating healthier, let's say, but then at 9 p.m., I go for the chocolate chip cookies that are sitting on my kitchen counter every night, like clockwork. I eat it. I get my, my dopamine boost because the cookies tasted so freaking good. Love me some Publix chocolate chip cookies. And then it immediately gets followed with guilt for not having self-control. Does that sound familiar? And then I reinforce that belief by telling myself that I lack self-control when it comes to eating. And then I may say this to other people, further reinforcing it. So I'll, I'll say, yeah, I try to eat healthy, but man, I have zero control with those cookies you know, that are on the counter at night. 
raise your hand if you're listening to this right now and you do this. I'm pretty sure many of you guys can relate. And then what happens is we label ourselves as having more self-control. Therefore, we act as if we lack self-control most of the time. But the matter of fact is, and this is what I thought was really interesting about this chapter and this concept, is that people that are labeled as having good self-control don't have to really practice much self-control at all. So in Atomic Habits, the author references this recent research that where they analyze people, you know, those the people that we see that are super disciplined in real life, the ones that we aspire to be, the moms that look like they have all their stuff together. And we actually find in these in this research that they're not much different than the rest of us. So the author actually states disciplined people are better are structuring their in or their lives in a way that does not require heroic willpower and self-control. In other words, they spend less time in tempting situations. Huh. It's easier to practice self-control restraint when you don't have to use it very often. So he continues to say, yes, perseverance, grit, and willpower are essential to success. But the way to improve these qualities isn't but wishing isn't wishing that you were a more disciplined person, but by creating a more disciplined environment. Pretty interesting, right? Let that sit for a moment. So it's not actually about us. We're not the problem, (laughs) right? We're not the problem. It's our environment that's the problem. I'll take that. So of course, I begin to look at this quote unquote bad habits that we may need to break, we moms need to break in order to set ourselves up for successful habit building as moms, right? So, you know, you may be a mom uh, that's struggling with the example that I just gave a moment ago about the chocolate chip cookies or just, you know, junk food or sugar, whatever. And, or you may yourself be struggling with establishing uh, just general good uh, eating habits, general good eating habits, or you may be wanting to work out more. Or maybe you want to find that me time, you know, self-care that I talk about all the time. Or maybe you want to yell at your kids less or have a habit of saying yes to everything. So you want to break that because you find yourself, you're people pleasing your way through life. You may be struggling with um, wanting to drink less and laugh more. I mean, we can go through all kinds of habits that we create for ourselves, especially as moms, right? We've got habits that serve us and Habits that don't. I'm going to argue that one of the worst habits we have as moms is negative self-talk. Yeah, negative self-talk. What do I say all the time, guys? Our words matter. What we tell ourselves matters. So this is when we make a mistake and then we shame ourselves. This is when we are constantly saying things like, I should have done this. I should do more of that. I shouldn't have done that. Shoulds lead to shame. We are oh too familiar and oh too comfortable at times with bashing ourselves in the worst way when we fail to meet others or our own expectations. When we don't meet perfection, that super mom image. And then that's when the mom guilt seeps in. Ah, If you've got this pesky little habit, you may be saying right now, yeah, well, I can't control my thoughts, really. I've tried. You should see my brain at night. I can't catch myself 
calling an idiot or calling myself an idiot or calling myself a bad mom or questioning or turning off that brain at night. Have you seen my to-do list? I would say this. I would say, yes, you're correct. You cannot control your thoughts. We can't. We can't control our thoughts, you guys. But you can absolutely and 100% have the power, the choice to how you react or respond to that thought. I often say respond better than react. And this is where creating good thought habits come into play. You see, when we talk about habits and this book included, we typically talk about overt behavior. That's behavior that you can observe, behavior that you can measure. Like, how about not buying the cookies in the first place, right? The cookies that we just talked about. Put them in the closet so you're going to cue yourself visually to eat them. But what I'm offering is an even different lens. What would your life look like if you chose to work on your covert habits instead, right? The habits that you create in your mind, your thought habits, the way that you habitually treat yourself on a daily basis through those words, through your internal dialogue. Imagine the impact that that would have, right? So how can we do this if we put this concept of setting our environments for success so we can practice better self-control, which essentially means practicing less self-control, not more, because we're finding out less self-control. We can do this in two ways. By number one, making our cues so that our habits are super obvious, right? Meaning elevating them. or Number two, reducing the exposure to the cue of that bad habit. So very quickly, what do I mean by cues? Every habit is initiated by a cue or what a lot of us are used to be calling it uh, triggers. So the visual cue or the visual trigger of seeing the cookie on the counter results in eating hunger, right? So seeing the cookie is the cue or the trigger. Listening to an old song right? That cues or triggers a memory which informs your emotion in that particular moment in time. It's essentially the button that gets pressed before we act. So James Clear describes that the first law in creating a good habit is by making it super obvious and super visible. By contrast, in order to break a bad habit, it is the inversion of that law. So it's by reducing the exposure and removing the cues of those bad habits from your environment. Okay, so if you're still following me, (laughs) hang in there with me. I'm going to give you some examples. So examples he offers are, if you can't seem to get work done, he says, well, leave the phone in another room for a few hours. If you're wasting too much time watching TV, then move the TV out of the bedroom. If you're continuously feeling like you're not enough, then stop following social media accounts that trigger jealousy and envy, right? So those are examples of removing or uh, that visual cue, decreasing the exposure. So going back to my cookie example, we would apply the concept of breaking that bad habit, right? That bad habit of eating cookies at night by reducing exposure. So if you're trying to eat better, then stop putting the sweets out in plain sight where you can see them constantly. Or better yet, don't buy them at all. That is having control over your environment. Then you don't have to worry about the willpower, right? You don't have to apply that self-control that we keep talking about. So 
What about our negative thinking though, right? How about this? If you're spending too much time talking negative to yourself or beating yourself up, I want you to notice what triggers that negative talk in the first place. Ask yourself, how can I reduce my exposure to that? Now, there are many ways that you could do that. You could do that through therapy. You could do that through coaching. That takes, you know, some some time, some investigating. And I'll be honest, as moms, it's not always possible to reduce the exposure, right? So if you're calling yourself, I'll give you an example of this. You're calling yourself a bad mom because your child is constantly having temper tantrums. You can't exactly have control over the temper tantrum, and you can't always remove yourself from the situation, especially if you're a stay-at-home mom. So for that type of situation, I'd say instead of you know reducing the, the exposure, because really there's no way of reducing the exposure in that given moment, if your child needs you and you can't really walk away in that moment, I'd say... Let's go with the other um, the other side of that coin. Make your cues totally obvious and visible. What do I mean? Like our thoughts are on the inside, not technically visible, right? Well, bring your thoughts to visibility, right? Bring those visual cues present in your environment to remind yourself that you are an amazing mom. And this could be through, give you an example here, post-its. <laughs> I'm a fan of post-its, you guys. If you ask my clients, I've actually written out post-its with them in session, and then we strategize where to put them throughout the house because they are absolutely powerful and they are absolutely um, effective, okay? I argue that they are effective. If you're constantly putting yourself down because you haven't gotten rid of the mommy weight yet, okay, write on a post-it, where do you do your bashing the most? Which, you know, where is that? Usually the mirror, right? And I want you to remind yourself on that post-it how amazingly beautiful you are because that same body created a child if you're a birth mom. You're not a birth mom. This same body is doing all the things to raise a child, okay? So this body deserves love and admiration. And that's maybe what you write in your post-it. I deserve love and admiration. My body deserves love and admiration. This body allows me to to raise my child. This body allowed me to carry my child. If you find yourself having difficult nights and your negative self-talk sounds different, sounds more like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this another night. Maybe you're sleep training or you're breastfeeding. Ladies, I did both, so I commend you if you're doing this. It's not easy. You're exhausted. You're sleep deprived. So in this case, set up visual cues in your baby's nursery or wherever they sleep to remind you that this time is going to pass. These memories will be memories eventually to look back on and you will survive this time. Now, these are visual cues of affirmations. Okay, these are affirmations. But other things you can do um, to set up that environment for success is leveraging support. You can create a habit, a habit of asking for help. I did a whole podcast episode on this, right? You know, we we tend to not ask for help as moms. And that's a nasty little habit. It doesn't serve us very well. So how can we create a habit of asking for help? If you find yourself beating yourself up, Call up your cheerful friend. We all have one. 
like that cheerful friend that's always in a good mood. You know she's going to uplift you. Or that family member that makes you feel so good and mushy inside, reminds you how special you are. You just need that support, that special person that you can call. And we can absolutely set ourselves up for an environment of success when we do that. We can create the life that we deserve to live, ladies. And that's one that includes a habit of joy. We can create a habit of joy. So I want you to grab your journals right now or something to write on. Uh, grab your note section on your phone if you're not, you know, hand handwritten old school like me or ask yourself um, and ask yourself two things. Okay, I want you to write down two things. What can I do? Number one, what can I do in my environment right now, right now, to make a habit that I'm that I'm trying to create, a habit that I'm trying to create, super obvious. Okay, so what can you do right now in your environment to create that good habit that you want? How can you make that super obvious? Maybe that means write a sticky note right now, a post-it right now with a reminder that says, you're an amazing mom in big, big letters, big capital letters. Find like a super, one of those hot pink neon post-its. Go put it in your bathroom mirror right now. Or perhaps it means placing that book that you've been wanting to read on top of your pillow. So this evening, it cues you to read it instead of it sitting on the same dusty nightstand for another night, night 432 or whenever the last time you bought that book. (laughs) Number two, what can I do in my environment right now to reduce the cues to the bad habits that I'm trying to break? So this is your reminder to go move those freaking cookies from the kitchen counter. Go put them in the pantry, okay? Get them to the neighbor. Go get them to the neighborhood kids, you know, down the street or something like that. Get them out of your sight. You don't have to sit there with willpower, your control. Just get rid of it. Or leave your phone in the closet tonight while you go play a board game with your teenagers. You know, and and the endless scrolling of looking at social media stuff that doesn't make us feel good. It's just making us feel like crap. So if you don't want to deal with the willpower, this is your cue. Go put the phone in the closet. Go put it in the bathroom. Go put it somewhere and go play a board game with your kids. Or better yet, go play video games with them. All right? Join the madness. It's crazy. You may get a little bit of a headache. I do because, you know, the visuals are completely different. I used to play Mario. I still do. Mario is awesome. Habits, ladies, they're essentially behaviors that help design who we want to be in life and what kind of moms we want to be, what kind of moms and women we want to be. So habits absolutely deserve our attention and time. I hope this time with me has given you a new lens to look at that. Look at our habits from a different lens. And I want to hear how this goes for you. I want you to do number one. I want you to do number two. And then I want you to share it in our MomJoy community. If you're not part of our MomJoy community, come join us. Call It's called Daily MomJoy. It's our private, free Facebook community. And this Thursday, we're actually going to be hosting a free virtual event. It's called Mom Talk Community Support Circle with me, Relly. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. We're going to have um, different moms come on and we're just here to support each other, ladies. No judgment here. It's going to be 
perfectly imperfect. I hope to see you there. If you need the link, shoot me an email at groundyourheart. I'm sorry, groundyourheart at gmail.com. Have a beautiful week, mamas. Let joy be your default.